today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. The Scott Thompson Home Show on the air is, uh, I'm hallucinating here, week number 41. It all feels the same really now, doesn't it, once you're in another lockdown. Uh, come... Oh, it's going to be one of those weeks, isn't it, Will? Uh, we're, we're talking about uh, uh, the virus and it mutating, which sounds pretty spooky. But, you know, uh, I guess all coronaviruses do mutate in some way, which is why they have to constantly keep changing uh, the flu shot. Uh, but there's also all kinds of things that we don't know about this because, uh, well, as of, uh, as, uh, Khalid, uh, 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 Dr. Khalid had just said, December 23rd in Wuhan is where this was first documented. So we're coming up to the one year anniversary of this, uh, first, uh, getting the attention of those in Wuhan, China. So, uh, there you go. Uh, but, you know, we don't have any idea what the long term effects are. We aren't sure how long the vaccine's going to last. Because it's a fluid virus. Uh, Pat says, hope you're well, Scott. There is no verified or published proof yet that it is more transmittable than the other virus, this new mutation. Your station and guests keep saying that it is. PhD Dan Riskin spoke about this at 8 a.m. and could not find any info to confirm what you guys are calling truth at CHML. And global, it's speculation. And it's that speculation is the reason that they've shut down the United Kingdom and nobody is taking any citizens to or from that country for the next 72 hours. It is all speculation. Uh, I don't deny that what Pat is saying is true here, but uh, nothing has been published or verified really yet on any of this stuff because... It's less than a year old. So I'm not sure what the point of your note is, uh, uh, Pat, but, you know, again, the, 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 the information we're getting now is that this new strain is easily, uh, easily more transmittable. There's no proof of that. Uh, well, the only proof that they have is the 60% of the new cases in the UK are from this new strain. And it, it appears the way they're tracing it, it spreads faster. So if you want to wait for a verified or published report of that, I'm glad, however, there's other people in high places that say, let's shut down the UK and we're not taking any people or planes in and out of there for 72 hours. If that's their speculation and that's the sort of thing they feel we have to do, I'm all for it. Feel free to jump on a plane and zip right over there while you can. Uh, a lot of it's speculation. That's just the way it is. That doesn't mean we don't have an educated medical community to tell us how best to, uh, you know, to do this. Pat writes back, I'm not a denier. Trust me. I understand that. But again, uh, I, I, I'm not sure what any of this means. Um, obviously it is more transferable. They fear it is more transferable. That's why they have done what they have done. And it appears from the new cases that are on board that uh, 60% of them have this new strain in them. So I'm guessing that's how they're arriving at uh, that number. So again, uh, you know... <laughs> Let's add another thought into the mix just to screw everybody up. Uh, all right, let's move on. It's, you know, it's one of those things where it's going to change every day. And, 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 you know, you, you ask a question one day, it could be completely different, 
coming up the next day. All right, uh, let's move on with all of this uh, modeling uh, that we've just seen earlier today, obviously uh, saying what's going to happen if we don't do the lockdown, which is why we are in the situation where we are. Let's bring in Chris Bow, Research Chair in the Department of Applied Mathematics and specializing in mathematical and computer modeling of infectious diseases at the University of Waterloo. Chris, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. Well, I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, Thanks for having me, Scott. Chris, you know, a lot of people are whining and screaming and yelling about this lockdown. I know it's not easy. I know it's difficult. I know it's certainly more difficult for some than others. Um, but, but what do you say to people who are questioning what is going on? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a hard thing to accept. And, you know, when I hear the word lockdown, I get that kind of dun-dun-dun reaction to the one that you There you were, go. Uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think... I think the vaccine, you know, despite all the uncertainties, we have educated guesses about how effective it will be. Uh, and I think the vaccine will be a game changer. And we're going to start vaccinating. We've already started vaccinating, of course, and we're going to start ramping that up in January, especially for the people who are most vulnerable. And so, um, you know, I think we're almost there. And it's worth um, putting in a bit more effort um, to protect them until we have that vaccine uh, um Otherwise, it feels like, well, you know, why did we try so hard? And then we gave up right at the end before the vaccine became available. You know, I, I don't think anyone wants to be in that situation. Um, so that's kind of how, how I like, you know, how I, how I see it. Uh, those, and again, I'm playing devil's advocate here, uh, but Chris, what about those that would say, you know, we've had these lockdowns in place in Peel and Toronto, and uh, the numbers are still growing? I think the, I wouldn't call them, I mean, there's a whole, spectrum of, of possible interventions you can apply, right? Um, and I, I think the interventions that have been applied so far in the fall, they've slowed down the transmission a lot. Uh, and you can see that if, if you measure how fast it's being transmitted. And if you compare that to what, what kind of cases we would see if, if we hadn't done these restrictions, uh, and, uh, and if we hadn't um, done these restrictions and moved from, from, from yellow to orange to red, uh, then, you know, we would be basically in a disaster situation as far as our hospitals goes and, and in terms of death rates. So these restrictions have been working. Uh, and um, uh, so, you know, as, as many cases as we have, it could have been a lot worse if we hadn't, hadn't already done what we've done so far. What about uh, the fact that you, you were speaking of vaccines, uh, news breaking uh, this weekend that uh, the Moderna vaccine will be approved in the United States. They hope to uh, start vaccinating with it in the United States. The addition of a second vaccine, how does that change this, this conversation? Uh, that makes everything a, a lot easier, of course. Uh, and it won't end with Moderna. There are dozens of vaccines in various stages, and, and we'll see more vaccines coming out in 2021. So that's great because, you know, Canada's purchased enough vaccines to vaccinate everyone four times over. <laughs> so, you know, um, so that means we'll be able to get our population vaccinated pretty quickly, which which means that it, hopefully, uh, you know, lockdown will, will be a thing of the past um, by, you know, by middle of next year. Um, and I think the current lockdown might even end before that, because if we hit this virus really hard, uh, if we all um, act cohesively, uh, then, then we can get out of lockdown a lot faster than if it's kind of wishy-washy and some people are doing it and some people aren't. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, in a nutshell, uh, you know, more vaccines means more needles and more arms quickly, which means um, a more rapid end uh, to, uh, to the pandemic.
Could you see this lockdown lasting longer than 28 days? I think so. You know, it, it's, it's certainly possible. I'm thinking back to, you know, March 2020 when we said, uh, when, when the premier said, okay, we're, we're closing schools for two weeks and we're locking down for two weeks. And, uh, of course, it ended up being longer than that. Uh, so, you know, given that it takes cases about a week or two to respond to lockdown and it takes deaths, uh, more like two or three weeks to start going down after you've started the lockdown. Um, I think we might extend it beyond, uh, uh, I think you said 28 days, four, four weeks. Uh, and it might go until, uh, you know, until we've, we've vaccinated a fair proportion of uh, people over 80 and, and long-term care residents, because that's really when we're going to see the deaths start to, to, to drop suddenly. Uh, as soon as we've got those people protected, they have, you know, amazingly, uh, disproportionately higher um, mortality rates from, from COVID, and unfortunately. So, you know, the, the flip side of that is that as soon as we start vaccinating them, the, the death rate will go down. Uh, and uh, uh, we might, uh, it's not up to me, of course, but the province may say, well, okay, let's, you know, let's, let's try to um, uh, ease off and go back to red. What about the fact that this is mutating? How does that change uh, as far as how we look at it from a spreading standpoint? You know, it's been, it's mutated before. Uh, <laughs> there have been two mutation events um, in COVID. It's, it's, it's actually an ongoing thing. So it's nothing new in a sense. Um, so this new strain in the UK uh, you, you know, you were discussing, you know, are we speculating or not? There, there's really different standards of evidence and, and uh, uh, there, there's no smoking gun, uh, but we know it's becoming more prevalent. Uh, we know the mutations are, are at the parts of the virus that affect its ability to enter cells. Uh, and, you know, taken together, it sounds like, um, you know, uh, based on that evidence that uh, it is more transmissible. Um, but, you know, like I said, uh, there's no evidence yet that uh, the vaccines won't won't keep working. Um, so uh, you know it's something we you know, we have to keep an eye on and, and adapt to. But but I don't think this is you know anything to necessarily um, panic about. The shutdown of the UK is, is a good idea. Uh, of, the, of the travel into the UK is a good idea. But um, you know it's not like a, it's, it's a zombie horror flick where this is going to be a new COVID because the virus has been mutating continually right. over the past 12 months. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. And again, uh, as our last expert pointed out, uh, the vaccine has been created and to modify it or adapt it to a mutation isn't a big deal, just like they change the flu shot uh, on a yearly basis. Were you surprised to all of a sudden hear about the the situation in the UK and how (laughs) virtually everybody said, oh, that's it. We're stopping flights for for 72 hours till we figure out what's going on. Yeah, I was surprised to, to hear that. Um, uh, um, and, you know, it's interesting talking about the, the whole publication process and official reports. And, you know, the way I learned about it was actually through uh, my colleagues in the UK, uh, you, you know, epidemiologists I, I know and respect, and they, they were tweeting about it. And I was following their tweets, and they posted data on their, on their Twitter accounts. And, and so this is how I learned about it, actually, uh, which just goes to show, you know, how differently science has to move uh, um, you know, we can't just wait six months for the publication to come out, which is the way the, the time series, the time cycle usually works. Uh, uh, we have to, you know, um, act differently. 
Um, do you think that these restrictions for the UK will last long? How long do you have to, uh, I understand it's 72 hours at this point, um, where do you see this going? Yeah, so I think the 72-hour restriction is, they're probably trying to collect more information um, during this period. A 72-hour restriction is, is not going to stop it from spreading. Yeah. So, and unfortunately, if it is more transmissible, uh, the only way to keep it restricted to the UK would be essentially wait until all the cases of that strain have disappeared from the UK, which of course could be many months. So the 72-hour thing is, is, is probably just they're trying to catch their breath and, and figure out what to do next and get some more evidence. Um, uh, if they were to lift that after 72 hours, then that virus strain would just be exported to other countries. Is it? Is there any reason to believe that it's it's already spread to other countries, say like other areas like North America? Yeah, that, that's possible, and that might be another reason to, to lift the restrictions uh, if they identify it here. And um, you know, it's it's because of underreporting and because there's a lag in, in reporting. There's always the risk that you know it's it's already come to to, to a local population, uh, and of course that's exactly what happened in March. I mean, by the time we we cut. Um, traffic air traffic from Europe, it was already here, and you know that was actually kind of you know predictable uh, because we know we're not catching all the cases. And if you get a, a cluster of cases of some uh, of some disease, it probably means there are more you haven't detected yet, uh, that, but they were transmitting silently before then. So that's the other thing that the 72 hours could do is is we could find out well if it's already spread to mainland Europe, then you know uh, maybe uh, maybe we want to revisit the travel restrictions. They might still have a benefit in terms of slowing down how fast it'll get exported, but it won't uh, prevent it. Um, and so they might say, well, okay, then we're going to you know, lift the travel restrictions in a week or two instead of in, uh, indefinitely. Uh, um, uh, but you know, chances are uh, the variants have been identified in a few other populations. Uh, so um, um, so it, it, I think it might have already spread beyond the UK. Um, could you see, uh, many have said that, uh, for this pandemic, you know, before the vaccines kick in, uh, before springtime and things start to open up again, as we're obviously heading into, uh, winter and such January and February going to be difficult times. Uh, can you see, and would lockdowns help us get through that time? I think the lockdowns, I mean, there's really no other way around it at, at this point, um, unless we want to see more deaths and, and more hospitalizations. Um, so we, what we can do is, is it, you know, the number one mantra of infection control during a pandemic, and this has been the case for decades now, is, you know, act early, uh, hit it hard, uh, and then you can come out of lockdown faster. Uh, and this is the same thing here. So, you know, if, if we do move into lockdown later this, this week, then the way for us to approach it, if we want to get out of it as soon as possible, is is to follow the instructions to the hilt, uh, and you know follow the instructions not not to travel. Um, you know, make sure you've got your masks on and hand wash. And, and if we and if we do that, then we'll get out of it faster. Um, but the way these infections work is that you know if you relax your diligence by say 10 percent, then you expand the the amount of time that's been locked down by 20%. Uh, and if you relax by 20%, then you double the lockdown time. In other words, you know, the faster and sharper you hit it, the quicker you get out of it. Uh, and this kind of wishy-washy approach is just going to prolong it. Uh, so, you know, we're almost there. And, and uh, 
I think if we can be diligent, we can get out of lockdown as soon as possible, and then the, we'll have the vaccine. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I think uh, things will start looking up. What about uh, schools? Obviously, uh, you know, they tried to keep schools open as long as they could. With this extended lockdown that's coming in uh, at Christmas, uh, the kids are going to be spending at least the first week online. Your thoughts on having the kids in the lockdown? And, and again, do you see that extending beyond one uh, week? Yeah, I mean, this is a hard question. I've got three kids, you know, one in person, two online. So I know how hard it is for the kids, especially the younger ones, to do this online learning. But, you know, it's becoming it's becoming increasingly clear that there, there's transmission among kids, including in the schools. So I think, uh, you know, we don't really have an alternative but to include schools uh, in the in the lockdown um, for early next year, especially because the vaccines haven't been licensed for children. So they, they can't get the vaccine. Um, and uh, so... Um, Unfortunately, I think they'll be part of it, uh, but you know, hopefully, uh, it doesn't have to be extensive because because of all the challenges associated with online learning, especially for you know the younger ones. How concerned are you? Uh, are you are you hopeful that this will make an impact? These lockdowns. I'm I'm positive it'll make an impact. Uh, it's a question of how much. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's uh, it, you know we know from our past experience in Canada and also from other countries that are a couple months ahead of us in terms of their timeline. We've seen that, you know, these, these lockdowns in the second wave, they do drop cases. Uh, so that's, you know, so that's the benefit. We have those examples to learn from. So if we lock down, if we lock down, we will see a big reduction in cases. Um, I have no doubt about that. Chris Bow, research chair in the Department of Applied Mathematics and a specialist in mathematical and computer modeling of infectious disease with the University of Waterloo. Chris, as always, thank you so much for the time. Be well. Thanks, you too, Scott. Bye-bye. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.